Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Welcome to the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior podcast with me, your host, Mike Sorelli. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, if you follow football, you know this man because he was one of the greats uh, tight ends uh, of the game. At one point, he held all the uh, the records. Three Super Bowls. Shannon Sharp, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. Shannon, uh, I've, uh, so to prep for this, I watched your Hall of Fame speech, which we were going to post that because everyone needs those reminders every once in a while, that, that motivation and the, those key tenets. But uh, I want to hit, bring up one thing because I would not have expected uh, this quote from you. And this was to your brother. You said to my brother Sterling, which for the, the listeners, Sterling Sharp uh, was probably one of the best Green Bay Packers to ever play the, uh, the game. His, mm-hmm. uh, his career was cut short by a, uh, a neck injury. But you said, I'm the only player that walked through this building, meaning the Hall of Fame, that can say he's the second best player in his own family. Mm-hmm. That shows a high degree uh, of humility. I know you say you looked up to your brother. He was really in some ways, a, a, I don't know if I want to say a father figure, but yes. uh, what's yeah. that relationship yeah. mean to you? Yeah, we have a very unique relationship. Uh, he's three years older than I am, and um, but he's really not like a brother to me. He's more like a father. Because he, after my grandfather died, he was the dominant male figure in my family that I got an opportunity to see every day and observe how he was doing things. So our relationship is not the typical brother-brother relationship. It's more like a father-son relationship. I still, I, I, and I still view him as that today. Well, when we talk, I listen to what he has to say. When he says something, I, I normally do what he's, I normally, if he says, well, do this, I normally do it. Because even though I'm my own man, I'm 54 years old. He's, I'm about to be 54. Uh, he's 57. The relationship that we have, the relationship and the dynamic of our relationship is very, very unique. And so um, I really felt that because I, I know how good he was. I know how great he was. I know the path that he was on prior to that neck injury. And so it was only right for me to say this. Yes, I'm going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame today. And that is an unbelievable honor. And I want to thank these 44 men and women that bestowed this honor on me. But I'm the second best player in my family. And I'm in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that just goes to show you just how great my brother was. Now, did he also have to serve as a disciplinarian when you guys were young as well? Yeah, well, we, we unlike, unlike he was, we fought. We, we had to, we had a brother-brother relationship when it comes to fighting because I didn't want him to get the best of me. Uh, he tried to keep me in my place as the little brother. Uh, and so we had a lot of flat, you know, we fought a lot. But it only lasted for like 
five minutes and then we go back out there. Okay, let's go play basketball. Okay, let's go play football. Let's go do something together. So it didn't last long. Yeah, they were heated, uh, you know, but it, it was, you know, I look back on it now. Like if we talk about a lot of things that we did and we just laugh because, yeah, it was uh, I think we just had a typical relationship growing up. I didn't, it didn't really dawn on me until I started to get older that I didn't view him as a brother. I view him more as a father. Now, when we were like, you know, eight, 11 years old, uh, no, he was a brother and I'm trying to fight him and I'm trying to do, the, I'm trying to win, I'm trying to win the football game, I'm trying to win the basketball game or whatever we're competing. Um, I was trying to win, but as I started to get older, I started to get like 17, 18, 19. I was in my 20s and I was like, there's something unique about this relationship. I don't view him as a brother. But coming from a Navy SEAL, I would not want to fight either of you. <laughs> I I would have enjoyed uh, watching those uh, and who got the best of one another uh, with the individual fights. So I've always wondered this question. You know, your brother went to the University of South Carolina, which yeah. was a big football school. You went to Savannah State University. What was what, what was the decision making process uh, behind that? Uh, that you, that you chose a I, I, let me say a lesser known school mm -hmm. uh, at the time. I, I chose an HBCU. I was Prop Forty Eight. The, the year that I graduated, 1986, was the, the first year of Prop 48, which means you had to score at least 700 on the SAT to go to a D1 school. Or you were not, you could go to the D1 school, you weren't going to be eligible to play. And so, uh, or you had to go to JUCO, you had to go a lesser route. Um, and so I remember I called my brother and I said, man, I'm Prop 48 and uh, everybody is backing away. And uh, I was like, I'm just going to go join, I was going to go join the Air Force. And he says, uh, you know, just hold on for a second. So he drove home and he said, uh, does Savannah State still have that uh, that scholarship for you? I said, yeah, Coach David said, if I ever if I ever wanted to come to Savannah State, he has it for me. He says, I tell you what, go to Savannah State for a year. If you don't like it, you can always go to the military and say, you know what? I went to college. It wasn't for me. I chose to do something else. But you're going there for a year. You know, at first he said, you know, see if you like it. But then he says, no, you're going to Savannah State for at least a year. And when I went, it was the best decision of my life. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, coach Davis, who was my head coach at the time, uh, looked at me uh, like a son. He treated me like a son. And I can honestly say the, the professors I don't, and the doctors, I don't know how many of them came to the games, but they sincerely wanted the best for Shannon Sharp because although, and, and I, I said this all the time, I used to tell them I'm going to be a professional athlete, they knew I was going to be a representation of Savannah State. So they wanted to uh, impart as much wisdom and as much knowledge as they possibly could because I was going to be a reflection not only of Savannah State, but the, uh, the doctors and the professors that taught me at Savannah State. So all those, uh, uh, Dr. Haynes Walton, who's passed on, Norman Elmo, who's passed on, uh, Joanne Green, George McLemore, Gay Hewitt, all of those, man, they were, uh, Steve Smith, they were uh, Dr. Welch, they were great for me. And I, I sincerely, I got up every morning. I didn't miss a class because I felt, I, 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 because I wanted to learn so much and I felt I was learning so much with what they was teaching me. I couldn't miss a class. I would lay my clothes out at n the night before. Uh, my first class was at eight o'clock. I never had a class that started later than eight o'clock because I, 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 was, I was up, I was done by noon, but eight o'clock, I was in class. I was attending. Um, I had my little briefcase, my, my jeans were starched, but I felt that I was learning something every single day that was going to prepare me for the world um, and, and, and um, the best decisions that I made. I am glad. I didn't really understand, understand when I went to an HBCU 
But as I started, as I started, as I as I was at Savannah State, and I started hearing what they were telling me, and now you know it seems to be the uh, uh, the niche thing now. Everybody's talking about HBCUs, but I went to an HBCU when it when it wasn't cliche, when it wasn't they didn't have all the paraphernalia with all the HBCUs uh, uh, emblems on it. And so uh, that was one of the best decisions that I made, and my brother was probably the main reason why I made that decision. You know, that's one of my biggest regrets. You, you go to a large university, you, you sort of become a number, but sometimes yes. you have small family environments where yes. you get a lot of attention, it, yes. it changes the game for certain people. They knew my, and the teachers actually knew my name. You know, they a lot of them addressed me as Mr. Sharp. Uh, and uh, I, I, I remember um, Dr. Welch, who I, I have for a lot of, because uh, I was a criminal justice major, and he was OFBI. And I remember him telling me, he's like, Mr. Sharp, you're going to go places. He says, I, I sit, I, I see the way you sit in class. I see the way you take notes. He says, you're a well-prepared individual. He says, uh, I don't get an opportunity. I hear about you. I know who you are. I know what you do on the football field. He says, but even if, even if the, a football thing doesn't work out, you're going to do great things. So it sounds like Savannah State and, and the leaders that, yeah. and, uh, that university really were formative on, uh, on yourself as a person, not only they, that. They, 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 they really were. Um, probably one, I had a, uh, when I first got to Savannah State, I was, uh, obviously I was Prop 48, but I was in what they call developmental studies, which means I was in remedial classes. So all the classes I was taking were not going towards graduation. So I had to get out of those classes in order for me to start taking classes that was going to go towards me getting a degree. Um, one, of my, one of my professors was Dr. Uh, Dr. George McLemore. And after the first day, I remember she asked me to read. She asked me a lot of different things. And I was like this. I was reading and I would, you know, she asked me a word, what it meant. And I would give her that. And after class, she called me up to the desk. And she always, to this day, when I went back in uh, 2011, 2009, for Shannon Sharp, they, they, are, they retired my number. And she, she still calls me Mr. Sharp to this day. She called me up at the end of class. She said, Mr. Sharp, I don't want to see you after this, this quarter. She said, you're too smart to be in this class. She said, no, I don't want to see you after this, after this quarter. I said, yes, ma'am. I got out of there. So I was in all remedial classes, reading. Uh, I was in English and I was in math. I got out of all of those classes and started taking classes towards my graduation inside of two quarters. It doesn't matter where you start. It matters where you finished, and I think yep. you're living uh, proof of that. So, you know, you were taken in the seventh round of the draft. Yes. Do you sort of associate that with Savannah State maybe not getting as much uh, attention uh, because it was a smaller school? Naturally, they didn't know how you would play against, uh, I guess, the, the larger D1s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. I think the main thing is not whether we didn't get attention because obviously they found me and they got me in the seventh round. They just thought the numbers that I put up was against lesser competition. And so how he's going to perform against a better competition. But what they couldn't measure was my desire inside to beat the man across from me. And so, OK, yes, they had more people to do more things with. They had more coaches and they had a training table and they had trainers and they had strength and conditioning coaches. And we didn't have that. But what I had was a desire to lift my family out of poverty to get my grandmother out of a situation, to get my family out of a situation, to make sure my kids never had to have an hour, let alone a day or life in the life that I had, that was what drove me. But they couldn't measure that. Okay, you can measure how tall I am, how much I weigh, how fast I am, how much I can live, but you can't measure what's inside of me and how much and how bad I want to get out of a situation. And because they couldn't measure that, they had no idea the passion 
that I had to leave that environment and to be good and to go to the NFL and do a lot of the things that I did at Savannah State, do it while I was in the NFL. Character will always win out. Uh, so I want to get to, you've got a philosophy called the three D's and I want to get there. But before we do, there was a quote, and this is probably my favorite quote from you. My life for 14 years in the NFL was football. I ate, I drank, I slept and thought football. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't take vacations. I didn't own a yacht. I didn't have a whole bunch of hobbies other than working out and getting ready for the upcoming season. I think for a lot of, you know, the, the teenagers listening in on this, to, to even those in their 40s or 50s, you credit your success to 100% focus and of course these three Ds, which I'll uh, allow you to, uh, to describe. You gave all. Here's my question. Having been a, a retired Navy SEAL, that is all I focused on. And funny enough, I never took a vacation because I felt if I took a vacation, I could possibly miss out on a uh-huh. rapid deployment. Right. And it cost me, you know, I, I think balance. Yes. There is no so did, did you do it at the sacrifice of maybe balance in your life in other areas? There is no balance to greatness. Either you choose greatness or you choose to be average. There is no scale. Greatness is here. If you notice other things, that it's, it's not a seesaw. There is no, no, no balance. Okay, I got this. I'm able to tend. You have to make a decision. What's important to you? And what was important to me was my career. And I yes, it hurt me in, in terms of being able to be to a lot of events for my kids. I miss recitals. I miss soccer practices. I miss football games. I miss lessons. I missed a lot of things. I missed out on some, I I was a terrible partner because the most important thing was football because I felt, and this was probably a wrong way to feel, but this is the only way that I knew, I feel I could get another partner. I couldn't get another professional career. Mm -hmm. And so I poured everything I possibly could into that career. Um, And it it wasn't intended, and and it's hurt me, you know, later because now um, Undisputed has kind of taken the place of football. And so I've had to, you know, readjust how I think because it's, 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 it, it was ruining my personal life because everybody doesn't want to sit around and watch the games, <laughs> you know, because, foot, you know, we go for football season, the basketball season, you got the playoffs, you got the Super Bowl, and it's a continuum. It's 24 hours. And I've, I've had to, I've had to, like, bro, if you want a relationship, a meaningful relationship, bro, you're going to have to let, some of this is going to have to go. And, and I, it finally dawned on me, it took me losing someone that I love very much to realize you made your, you made you happy. How about make somebody else happy now? And that's what I've decided to do. Now, I'm still going to be very devout about my job. I make, I, I make sure I put all the time and energy and effort in it. But at some point in time, it's about something you, you got to do some other things. Now I've had to find that balance. I didn't know what balance was when I played football because I had focused so much on getting out of that environment. You know, I grew up working 12 hours a day, making $5 a day, uh, you know, make 20 bucks a day, but we had to drive an hour to the job. We had to be there at six o'clock. We got off at five o'clock, drop an hour home, and then I would shower, go play basketball or go run because I still had to see, you know, uh, football, uh, 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 my college season coming up. So I had to do all of that. It took all of that. So, I was like, there is no, there is no balance to greatness. And I knew what I wanted to be. I really knew what I wanted to be. I just didn't want to be good. Cause there are a lot of guys, you know, a lot of, you know, well, he played in the NFL, but I wanted people to remember me. I wanted people to remember Shannon Sharp. I wanted people to know my name. I'm not just, I'm not just the guy on the team. I'm the guy. I wanted them to game plan for me. You got, Hey, if we don't stop this 84 kid, he's going to, we're going to lose the game. That's how I thought in my head. And I felt the only way for me to get there 
was to do it the way I did it. And and so now I've tried I've tried to back off of that because, you know, now at that point in time, when you were younger, you don't think of, the things that I think about now never crossed my mind when I was playing in the NFL. Having, you know, having someone there, I didn't think about, well, if you want to be here to share this, that's fine. But if you don't, that's fine, too. Now, as I've gotten older, I want someone to share my success. I want someone to share my happiness because but I, but I want to make them happy. At that point in time, it was all about making me happy. And if you're not happy that I'm happy, oh, well. So this segues well. And again, I'm going to quote you again. People often ask me how a small kid from Glenville, Georgia, could win three Super Bowls and at one time own all of the significant receiving records for a tight end. And you said to the, all the young people, listen to your answer. It's called the three Ds. Break down the three Ds because I think this is something people – continually need to hear uh, and they've heard it before however it hasn't sunk in but right. you're, you've clearly been successful now multiple domains as a pro football player and now as a, a, a full-time professional commentator why are the, the these three d's sort of the the foundation to your success well the most important one is discipline because without discipline you can accomplish nothing I've, I've seen a lot of players a lot of people that was more talented than shannon could articulate their words a lot better than i can articulate mine but they were undisciplined and discipline requires you to do your very best when no one else is watching. So when no one can see, everybody just sees the Sundays. Everybody just sees me talking on a daily basis, but they don't know the prep that I put into that. They don't understand the discipline that it took for me to get there. And so I'm very disciplined. Wait, the way I eat oatmeal every morning for 27 years, I ate oatmeal every, I ate oatmeal every single breakfast for 27 years from 1993 until February of 2020, when the pandemic stopped, I stopped, I didn't eat oatmeal anymore. So for 27 years, I ate the same thing for breakfast, egg white and oatmeal. And during the season, I ate the same thing every single day. I didn't deviate. And for pregame meal, I ate the same thing for 14 years. And I did the same thing every single day. I took the same, I woke up at the exact same time. I took the same route to, uh, to work. I took the same route to the stadium. I, I did everything. I was so disciplined, so focused. I trained. Some days I didn't even feel like it. But I knew someone might be there. Some kid in high school trying to get an advantage on me. He wants my job. Nah, you can't get this one, bro. Because this keeps a roof over my grandmother's head. This keeps my kids fed. This keeps a roof over my head. So I ain't trying to get that up. So you can't get that from me. Determination. I was dogged in my determination because I knew where I come from. I wasn't trying to ever go back there. Um, it, it doesn't do me any good to get there and then all of a sudden I have to go back there. It's a great, Glenville is a great place to visit now. I don't want to live there. I want to visit there. So I was very, very determined to get to where I wanted to be and not ever get back there. And my dedication, everybody will tell you, I'm as dedicated to a task. It is a singular focus. That is the most important thing to me. When I was on the football field, beating the man across from me was more important than life. It was more important in life than beating him. That's how dedicated I was to that task. When I take up something, that's why I'm very particular with what I take up because it's all encompassing for me. I don't know how to do 50%. I don't know how to do 75%. I'm 100%. And so I have to be very, very mindful of that because it will consume me. Whatever it is I do, from my dogs to, I, 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 and I don't, I try not to get hobbies because they become all encompassing for me. I know my personality. I have an addictive personality. I know that about myself. And so for me, um, and I tell people this all the time, football was the easiest job I had because someone was paid. God gave me that talent. I just, I just 
you know, harvested, fostered it, nurtured it, and voila. I mean, you don't have a talent to pick up pecans. You don't have a talent to clip, clip the uh, crop tobacco, or clip onions, or bale hay, or load watermelons. You don't have a, you, you're not blessed with a talent to do that. That's just hard manual labor. And for, for 12 hours a day, that's what I did. And so now you mean to tell me somebody's going to pay me millions of dollars and all I have to do is just God gave me ability. I've, I've worked on it. I've harvested and just go do that. Man, this was, like I said, football was an easy job for me. It wasn't like, growing up and doing what I did. That was hard. So again, those are determination, dedication, and discipline. I've got to say, watching you on Twitter and some of the, uh, the photos you post, uh, post, good Lord, man, you are still killing the game. I, I, I feel like I got to go hit the gym after this. Um, your fitness in your diet, it, I mean, all I can say is highly disciplined. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit, and you, you told us, you know, you still eat egg whites, oatmeal in the morning. Tell us no, a little bit about your fitness in the morning. Just egg, I just eat egg whites. I have a, like an egg white burrito yeah. with egg whites and, and chicken, uh, egg whites and turkey rolled up into that. And then I come home after after work. I get home about 9.20. I have eight ounces of turkey, carrots, broccoli. Sometimes I have rice and carrots. Sometimes I have salad, rice. and But it's normally one of those turkey or chicken. A little later, I might have, you know, another eight ounces of chicken or turkey. Sometimes I have a lean cut of, uh, of, of red meat, but it's pretty much the same thing. And that's every single day. And are you measuring or your, your macros or is it just sort of become intuitive to this point where, you know, oh, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, it's, it's eight ounces. Uh, if I work out a little harder, I might go to nine ounces, mm-hmm. uh, but I measure everything, a cup of broccoli, a cup of carrots, a cup of rice, everything is measured out salad, uh, with apples, uh, sliced on top with olive oil and, vin- and vinaigrette balsamic yeah everything is measured out every everything to the to the umpteenth degree um, um it's a little harder now because i've gotten older in the last eight months i've had two hips replaced so I, I i can't be as active as i want to be i'm slowly getting back into it i feel good the doctors are going to turn me loose here in about three weeks and i can start going full throttle but i've started working out i've been back at it for about about two and a half three weeks now so I'm starting to get some of my strength back. I'm starting to do some things that I feel comfortable, but uh, I'm going to be pain-free. And so I'm looking forward to getting back into it and, and, and putting some, some new pictures up. I knew we had something in common because I had my hip replaced in December of 2020. I'm going to assure you it gets better. And, and to give you proof of that, you know, I actually went and uh, skydived into Mount Everest. Uh, wow. uh, a few. So you're, you're going to be back at it. Um, prior to the hip surgeries, uh, what what was your fitness routine regimen? Um, lifting, Olympic lifting, swimming. I, I've always hated Olympic lifting because you have to be so technically so technically yeah. sound. Yeah. You hurt yourself. Now I did Olympic lifting my first three years. Our strength and conditioning coach at Denver was big in Olympic lifts. I didn't really like that. I'm more the the, the basic stuff: bench, yeah. deadlift, uh, uh, <laughs> squats, things of that nature. Um, but I had turned to hit. I started doing a lot of kettlebells, started doing a lot of CrossFit workouts, uh, something like that. Um, obviously, I didn't do all that bounding and stuff because uh, uh, my hips and knees had gotten bad. But it allowed me to get my my, my my cardio in while lifting, while doing the weights. I still bench. I still, you know, do some bench. Um, before I um, before I had my, my hip replaced, I had my first one replaced last July. I had the other one replaced this February. I was, do, I was still doing about 450. I could still do 450 on the bench. Do, do the 120-pound dumbbells for like 15 reps. 
So that's my goal is to get back there while also getting the strength back in my leg. Um, I bought a, a built the squat machine. So um, I'll be able to do, I'll start back doing squats. I'll start doing step ups, uh, things of that nature to get my lower body back functioning to, to, to where I am, where I can be comfortable, feel comfortable doing things of that nature. But I was, I was, you know, I was doing uh, the assault back. I like to roll. I mean, I, sometimes I go out there and I would roll, you know, 3000 meters, 2000 meters, or I do, you know, five or, or 10, 500 meter roll, uh, 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 sprints. And I try to do under, under, you know, under two minutes with two minutes recovery, do that 10 times. I'll do the assault bike. Uh, you know, I'll do 15 calories in a minute and I'll try to do 300. So every minute I'm doing 15 calories. Yeah. Um, that last, that last 15, <laughs> that last 15, it's all this like, you know, you, you know, that yeah, you really don't have to do this. But my pride won't let me stop. My pride is like I just go until I just can't go anymore. So we have we we've hit diet, we've hit uh, your sort of fitness regimen in terms of workouts. Again, following you on social media, I know you're extremely uh, passionate about what is uh, I'm going to safe to say a uh, staple to your health, and it's yes. called True Niagen Immune. Yes, um, I know it's an immune booster, and I know NAD Plus is a, is growing in popularity. It's rare that, that you see a guy of your stature that, that just believes so much in, in a certain supplement. Tell yeah, us about that. You got to, I'm a, you know, uh, in the Bible they say God, God says, has faith. He says, if you believe, I'll show you. Well, I'm not him. Show me and I'll believe. So when they told me about, you know, a guy was telling me about this product, I was like, yeah, okay. And so I tried it. And so, and that's the thing with me. If I'm gonna put my name on it, I need. I, I, I mean, I just can't go out there and just just sell a product, and I don't believe in it. I don't take the product, so I started taking it, and okay, I feel I feel an energy boost. I feel the cell. I'll say okay, okay, maybe there's something to this. I said, well, let me take a let me take a little while longer, and then when they came out with the immune, and I and I uh, and do it in combination, yeah, because like I said, you know, when, when you when you're dealing with you know, get to my age. And, you know, my hips were starting to bother me. I needed, you know, I, I need something to get me going, to get me like, okay, it's, it, you know. And, man, this was a godsend because I really, because I really was starting to drag. And I'm known for my physique and I felt my physique. I wasn't starting. I didn't, I didn't, I'm like, nah, this ain't you, bro. But I just didn't have the energy. I just didn't have the, 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 the get up and go. And then I started taking the product. And now that I take the immune and I do it in combination, man. Like I said, give me a, give me a couple of weeks. I've, I've only been working out about two and a half weeks after my hip surgery. So give me a, give me a, give me another month. Uh, I, I'd love to see. I'd love to come back and talk to you in, in about a month, about two or three months when I've had when I've had some, a solid foundation of training under my belt. I'll be I'll be I'll be where I need to be. Yeah, you're where a lot of people would like to be right now. So uh, that, that's your humility speaking. It, for those listening, and I. So I'm going to go pick up a bottle from, from you, a guy who values fitness, diet, and his performance. What would you tell the guys who are going to take it? 30 days, 60, like give it 30 days, 60 yeah, days? Yeah, I would say, no, I would say six to eight weeks. Six but to eight now, weeks. Here's the thing. People say, uh, uh, when I tell my friends about it, they're like, Sean, does it work? I say, are you going to work? I say, because now, now don't, don't tell me you want to keep your same eating schedule, your same diet, your same habits, and think this is going to compensate for that because it's not. What medicine do they get at the doctor? Even the doctor, when they give you medicine, they tell you a nice diet. You need to exercise. 
But now all of a sudden you want to just take a product and it's supposed to trump all your bad eating habits, all your bad lifestyle habits. You want this medicine to trump that or the supplement to trump that. It doesn't. So that's why I tell the guys, are you going to eat sensible? I'm not saying you have to be as strict as I am, but you can't eat pizza four days a week. No. You can't continuously drink like, man, man, Sean, man, you know I need my burgers. Sean, man, you know I, hey, bro, you know I need my pizza now. Okay, well, bro, you don't need this. Because you 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 you're not you're not you're not doing what you should do. You want something to compensate for your bad diet, and you can't out exercise or take enough supplementation for a bad diet. There are no shortcuts, and we talk no. about that quite often on this uh, this podcast. Um, Shannon, we usually end this with two key questions, and I think you might have uh, answered one of the key questions. But we start off with this: How is Shannon Sharp? going to measure whether he lived a purpose-filled life? Um, that's a very interesting question because I think it's changed over time. Um, when I was growing up, the only thing that I thought of was getting my grandmother out of this environment. Yeah. And every day I went to work, I was like, okay, I got a roof over my grandmother's head. Okay, I got food on my grandmother's table. My grandmother never has to work again. My grandmother can go as fishing, can fish as much as she wants. Then it transferred, okay, kids. Make sure my kids have a roof over their heads. Make sure my kids go to college. Now my kids are grown. So now it's about a partner, um, someone that, that completes me and I complete them. Um, we, we, we travel the world together. Uh, she's my best friend. I'm her best friend. We can talk about everything. There's nothing off limits that we can't talk about. And we have something deeper than just surface level conversation. Um, you know, Whatever her favorite TV show is, I want to know why it's her favorite TV show, and I want to watch it. I'm going to say, okay, this is my favorite TV show. Sit down and watch it with me. I, because I, that, that's something that I really want. As you get older, it's, it's amazing things that, that used to interest you when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. They no longer have the same. They don't, they don't interest you now. And so that's why, that's why I'm in my life now. It's all about finding that person, um, being with that person. And says, when it's all said and done, um, I don't measure my life in years. I measure my life in summers. Um, I don't know how many more summers I have. I, I like to think I have at least 20. But at the end of the day, if I only have 20 summers, if I have that person that I spent those 20, last 20 summers with, I'll say, you know what? Shannon Sharp, you did all right. You did all right by your family, and you did all right by this person. I, 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 I'll be happy. That's powerful, man. Shannon, do you have any uh, projects coming up that you want the uh, the viewers to know about? Anything that you're excited about? Well, I'm excited about you know um, you know I'm I'm going to be on Skipping Shannon Undisputed for another three years. I got my podcast Cast Club Shay Shay. Um, I have a, an alcohol brand called La Portier, which is a cognac. It's named after my grandmother. Um, that's going to be restocking and hitting shelves in uh, in this May uh, in May. And so that's that that's about all I can handle at one particular time. I don't like to put too much on my plate because whatever I put on my plate, I want to make sure I'm able to eat. Sometimes people put too much on their plate and some gets some things get un, uneaten. So whatever I put on my plate, I'm going to make sure I'm able to eat all of it. So that's what that's what I have right now. And so uh, that's what I'm in the process in. I cannot thank you enough for, for coming on. Uh, we will make sure that we have links to all those initiatives that you have going on. And uh, I continue to look and look forward to continue watching you on TV, man. You, you bring a uh, uh, humor to the game. Uh, you don't hold back, man. And, uh, you know, directness that I think a lot of us uh, appreciate. Again, thank you. And for all of those, thank you for joining the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior podcast. This episode with Shannon Sharp. 
We'll see you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and pick up a new issue of Men's Journal Magazine. Men's Journal Magazine has features on health and fitness, adventure and travel, style, and my favorite, the coolest gear hitting the market today. Until next time, I'm Mike Sorelli, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.